This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of FHL tendonitis and injuries from the foot and ankle section on orthobullets.com. Let's start this episode with a quick summary. FHL tendonitis and injuries occur as a result of impingement of the flexor hallucis longus tendon with resultant tendonitis and even tendon rupture along the posterior ankle joint. Diagnosis can be made clinically with posteromedial ankle pain and pain with resisted flexion of the hallux IP joint. MRI studies may show tenosynovitis of the tendon. Treatment is generally rest, activity modifications, and NSAIDs. Surgical management is indicated for acute FHL tendon laceration and progressive tendonitis that fails non-operative management. Now, let's get into the episode. As far as the epidemiology, the location of FHL tendonitis and injuries occurs in the posterior ankle and or the gray toe. Risk factors include excessive plantar flexion. This is typically seen in dancers in the on-point position as well as in gymnasts. As far as the pathophysiology, the mechanism of injury is subsequent to activities involving maximal plantar flexion. The pathoanatomy is posterior to the talus and within the fibroosseous tunnel. Keep in mind, in chronic cases, nodule formation may lead to triggering. Associated conditions with FHL tendonitis include posterior ankle impingement and or an os trigonum, otherwise known as a posterolateral tubercle. Now let's go over some relevant anatomy. Specifically, we'll go over the FHL muscle and biomechanics. So with respect to the FHL, it originates from the posterior fibula, it travels between the posteromedial slash posterolateral tubercles of the talus. It is contained within the fibroosseous tunnel. It passes beneath the sustentaculum tali and crosses dorsal to the FDL at the knot of Henry. Keep in mind that the FHL is higher at the knot of Henry and the FDL is down at the knot of Henry. Multiple connections exist between the FDL and FHL. Distally, it stays dorsal to the FDL and neurovascular bundle and the FHL inserts on the distal phalanx of the gray toe. As far as the biomechanics of the FHL, the primary action is plantar flexion of the hallux IP and MP joints. The secondary action is plantar flexion of the ankle. As far as the presentation of FHL tendonitis, patients may have symptoms of posteromedial ankle pain, gray toe locking with active range of motion, and or crepitus along the posterior medial ankle. On physical exam, patients may have pain with resisted flexion of the IP joint, pain with forced plantar flexion of the ankle, and with respect to motion assessment, you may find that patients have great toe triggering with active or passive motion, but no tenderness at the level of the first metatarsal head. As far as imaging, MRI findings may include fluid around the tendon at the level of the ankle joint and or intrasubstance tenderness signal. The differential diagnosis for FHL tendonitis includes os trigonum syndrome. However, the major differentiator is that pain is posterolateral in os trigonum syndrome, while pain in FHL tendonitis is posteromedial ankle pain. Treatment of FHL tendonitis can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes rest slash activity modification and NSAIDs. This is the first line of treatment, and other modalities include arch support and physical therapy. Operative options include release of the FHL from the fibroosseous tunnel, tenosynovectomy, and possible tendinous repair. This is indicated for recalcitrant symptoms as well as in athletes when symptoms persist despite rest and non-surgical management. As far as the surgical technique, the approach can be done arthroscopically 
or open with the post-remedial approach. Now, let's quickly talk about an FHL laceration. This can occur from direct trauma to the FHL tendon in an acute setting. As far as the pathophysiology, the mechanism of injury is an acute laceration, which is the most common form of injury. As far as the presentation of an FHL laceration, range of motion assessment on physical exam may reveal loss of active interphalangeal joint flexion. As far as imaging, findings on MRI may include tendon ends that may be retracted. Treatment of an FHL laceration is typically operative, specifically acute surgical repair of the laceration. This is indicated when there are lacerations of both the flexor hallucis longus and the flexor hallucis brevis. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's do a few flashcards to test your recall. First flashcard. What is the location of the FHL tendon with respect to the FDL tendon at their crossing point in the plantar foot? So the FHL tendon crosses dorsal to the FDL at the knot of Henry. Remember that the FHL is higher at the knot of Henry and the FDL is down at the knot of Henry. So remember the H in FHL is higher at the knot of Henry and the D in FDL is down at the knot of Henry. Next flashcard. Physical exam shows pain with what two provocative tests in the setting of FHL tendonitis? So in the setting of FHL tendonitis, physical exam may reveal pain with resisted flexion of the IP joint and pain with forced plantar flexion of the ankle. Final flashcard. What operative treatment is indicated in recalcitrant symptoms? So the operative treatment that is indicated in recalcitrant symptoms include release of the FHL from the fibroosseous tunnel, tenosynovectomy, and possible tendinous repair. This is again indicated in the setting of recalcitrant symptoms and in athletes when symptoms persist despite rest and non-surgical management. Now let's continue to apply the information from this episode and do some multiple choice questions. First question. A 30-year-old ballet dancer complains of snapping and pain behind the medial malleolus, as well as triggering of her gray toe. The MRI scan shows prominent tenosynovitis of the sheath of a tendon as it wraps around the posterior medial ankle. What anatomic structure is being impinged at the level of the posterior ankle joint? And the choices are 1. Posterior tibial tendon 2. Extensor hallucis longus tendon 3. Flexor hallucis longus tendon 4. Tibial nerve, and 5. Anterior tibial tendon. The correct answer to this question is 3. Flexor hallucis longus tendon. So the clinical presentation and the MRI described are consistent with FHL tendonitis. More specifically, the MRI described shows prominent tenosynovitis of the sheath of the flexor hallucis longus tendon as it wraps around the posterior medial ankle. Impingement of the flexor hallucis longus with resultant tendonitis and even rupture at the level of the posterior ankle joint can be seen in dancers. Physical exam findings include posterior medial pain and crepitus, triggering of the great toe, decreased passive extension of the great toe, and pain with resisted great toe plantar flexion. Treatment is typically non-operative, although Samarco et al. have demonstrated good results with operative management of FHL tendonitis and tendon rupture. Moving on to the next question. 
a 24-year-old dancer reports posterior ankle pain when in the on-point position. Examination reveals posterior medial tenderness, no pain reproduction with passive force plantar flexion, and pain with motion of the hallux. What is the most likely diagnosis? And the choices are 1. Painful os trigonum. 2. Posterior ankle soft tissue impingement. 3. Stricture in the knot of Henry. 4. Flexor digitorum longus tendonitis. And 5. Flexor hallucis longus tendonitis. The correct answer to this question is 5. Flexor hallucis longus tendonitis. So if you have good situational awareness and know that we're going over questions about flexor hallucis longus tendonitis, you should have gotten this question correct. But to quickly review, flexor hallucis longus tendonitis is a common cause of posture ankle pain in dancers. It tends to be more posture medial and is characterized by a clicking or catching sensation posture medially with motion of the gray toe. A painful os trigonum typically causes more posterior lateral ankle pain and may occur after an ankle sprain or plantar flexion injury where there may be a fracture of the os trigonum. Moving on to the next question. A 32-year-old dancer presents with right-sided posterior medial ankle pain. Her symptoms worsen during the demi-point position. An axial cut of an MRI shows fluid centered around the flexor hallucis longus tendon. Which of the following physical exam findings is most consistent with this diagnosis? And the choices are 1. Reproduction of pain with percussion of the posterior tibial nerve. 2. Painful crepitus of the tendon with passive motion at the great toe. 3. Posterior ankle pain with forced passive plantar flexion. 4. Medial ankle pain with resisted inversion. And 5. Foot drop with weakness of dorsiflexion. The correct answer to this question is 2. Painful crepitus of the tendon with passive motion at the great toe. So passive motion of the great toe causes movement of the inflamed FHL tendon at the ankle joint and results in pain. To quickly review, tendonitis of the FHL is a common cause of medial-sided ankle pain in dancers. Physical exam findings include painful crepitus with passive motion of the great toe, postromedial tenderness, and triggering of the great toe. Treatment is initially conservative with ice, NSAIDs, and activity modification. Steroid injections are contraindicated given the close proximity of the posterior tibial nerve. If conservative treatment fails, release of the FHL from its fibrosseous tunnel has shown good results. Hamilton et al. in JBJS present level 3 evidence where they operated on 41 patients with a combination of FHL tendonitis and posterior impingement. For those with FHL tendonitis, release of the fibrosseous tunnel was performed. 30 out of the 41 patients were described as having a good or excellent result. OKU gives a brief overview of FHL tendonitis. They conclude that if non-operative measures fail, that is activity modification, physical therapy, and NSAIDs, release of the fibrosseous tunnel should be considered. And moving on to the final question. A 23-year-old professional ballet dancer complains of medial ankle pain when in the on-point position. Physical exam shows a hypermobile ankle with palpable crepitus along the medial ankle with active range of motion of the great toe. Six months of non-operative management, including rest, ice, NSAIDs, and art support have failed to provide relief. What is the next best step in management? And the choices are 1. Decompression of the flexor hallucis longus at the level of the ankle. 2. Decompression of the flexor hallucis longus at the level of the metatarsal. 
Three, decompression of the peroneal tendons at the level of the ankle. Four, first metatarsal osteotomy. And five, gastrocnemius recession. The correct answer to this question is one, decompression of the flexor hallucis longus at the level of the ankle. So this patient is presenting with impingement of the flexor hallucis longus, or FHL, with resultant tendonitis. The most appropriate treatment would be release of the FHL tendon at the level of the ankle. To quickly review, impingement of the FHL and even rupture at the level of the posterior medial ankle joint can be seen in dancers. Physical exam findings include posterior medial pain and crepitus, triggering of the great toe, decreased passive extension of the great toe, and pain with resisted great toe plantar flexion. First-line treatment should include rest, ice, NSAIDs, and ARD support. If these modalities fail, then operative treatment is the next best step in management. Samarco et al. retrospectively reviewed a population of young people with FHL tendon pathologies. They showed that surgical treatment of tenosynovitis, pseudocyst, and tendon tear yielded good or excellent results in 14 of 15 dancers and 9 of 11 non-dancers. That's all for this review about FHL tendonitis and injuries. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on orthobullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the OrthoBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you aren't already, be sure to follow OrthoBullets on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.